get so hung up in fundamentals that may not even be true fundamentals as far as pitching mechanics you know you, you have to do you have to hit a balance point you have to move like this you're not moving exactly like this guy and there's an athleticism to it i think we boil the athleticism out of the sport too many times which turns off some of the better athletes who just want to play sports where they can be athletic we treat it like there's these rules that you have to do this. You have to feel the ground ball this way. You can never. Well, what about the guy that just made this ridiculous diving backhand play? The Are we practicing of that. that ever? <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't ever do that. But we, yet we brag about it. And we're like, oh, my God, that guy's a freak. It, we used to play, you know, sandlot ball, play in someone's backyard or play wiffle ball, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's just encouraging the inventiveness and the athleticism in the sport versus boiling it out and teaching it more as a fundamental thing. I think there's a place for that, but there's also a place for make it enjoyable and inventive and exciting and athletic. Um, because in the end, the better athletes are the ones who, uh, who move ahead. And if we drive them out of the sport or we boil it out of people, I think we're doing everybody a disservice. Well, I think we should get an apartment together. That's what I think. Um, <laughs> I, I, this- You're dialed in to the ABCA's Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. Connecting our coaches with some of the best baseball minds in our game. Now here's your host, Jeremy Sheetinger. Crank up the volume in your speakers as we are broadcasting from the ABCA National Office here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Welcome back or welcome to our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast, your baseball coaching source for certified audio gold and the place where you come to connect with the very best baseball minds in our game. Episode 138 is on your dial and yet another opportunity this week to pull up a bucket with a proud ABCA member, but also a servant spirit within our association and the baseball community in general. His tireless and consistent work to shine a light on some of the game's magicians on the mound and their filthy pitches plus his latest moves to help use the social media platform to bring players closer to coaches and scouts. And the best part is the mission behind those moves. So just wait. First, with a few reminders, find us wherever podcasts are free. Hit subscribe on there. Leave us a review and a rating. Plus, share this podcast with anyone you feel like would appreciate these conversations. Connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find us at ABCA1945. We just got back from Omaha in the College World Series, and we had the honor to interview legends like Eleven, Mike Martin, great coaches like Butch Thompson from Auburn, and Tim Corbin from Vandy, and many others. So go check out our feed on Twitter, and you'll see those Periscope interviews again live from Omaha and if you're looking for more information about what our baseball coaches fraternity here is all about head over to our website abca.org you can also make sure you subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel that's youtube.com slash abca1945 more videos are waiting for you on that page with plenty more in the works and also if I can ever help you out in any way never hesitate to reach out Hit me directly at Coach Sheets3 on Twitter and Instagram or by email Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at abca.org. Huge thanks to our great friends and longtime ABCA partners over at Rawlings and their new Quattro Pro bat line. And this is a collision of their very best technology. So here we go. It's a combination of a newly constructed inner barrel, which will offer all of us a larger sweet spot and a faster, more balanced swing while eliminating barrel drag through the zone. And that is thanks to the stiffer Focus Flex 
from the redesigned collar assembly. It's available in multiple weights and lengths plus, and you can check out the all new Quattro Pro Bat and check out their entire product line on their website, Rawlings.com. That's Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S.com. And we hope to see you join Team Rawlings today. And with that, it is on to this week's episode, and we didn't have to look too far to find this guy. Literally, just scroll through Twitter, and you can see his work being tweeted and retweeted by some of the top accounts in our community. You sit down and watch an MLB game, and you see his work being highlighted on the TV screen. We call in the pitching ninja from the bullpen, Rob Friedman. He jumps on the call with us, and what a fantastic person and treat this conversation is. We unpack Rob's journey through coaching and his commitment to lifelong learning, questioning his thoughts on the game, and bringing an open mind to the ballpark and to Twitter with him, which leads us into his transformation into the most famous masked gift warrior on the internets, the pitching ninja. Rob breaks down the ins and outs of this path to stardom, but connecting and even finding solutions with MLB stars. But it will be his true mission behind the account and his new venture, Flatground App, that will tell the true story of who Rob really is. It's a special human, it's a brand new member of the ABCA, and a fantastic conversationalist. So get your MLB gifts ready as we welcome in Rob Friedman, a.k.a. The Pitching Ninja, as he is our guest on this week's Dugout Chatter episode. So get ready, coaches. This great show is coming at you right now. Coaches, thanks for dialing into our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. We've got a very special guest on the other line on today's podcast and, and one that I'm really excited to break down. I think you will be as well. I just want to let you guys know I've got some Wu-Tang playing in the background, some Kung Fu movies over here on the TV in the office, because we're going to welcome in the pitching ninja, Rob Freeman. Rob, thanks for jumping on with us, my friend. Oh, awesome, my man. Glad <laughs> to be here. I don't know the names of these Kung I like Fu that movies. Setup. That I, was I'm really just, good. Yeah, I don't know the names of them, but I'm just telling you, it's playing in the background. I got the ninja spirit in the room just for you. So I, that's the least I could do to welcome you in. Oh, okay. And Wu-Tang Clan in the background. Fantastic. <laughs> well, you, this is going to this is gonna be great. You got to stay true to who you are. Um, so I want to get into right away, man. There's just so much that I think we're going to uncover inside this talk, Rob. But we want to go into your ABCA experience. And I'm like busting out the seams of the fact that we just welcomed you into the ABCA fold as a first-time member. And again, it wasn't a way to get $55 out of it. It was a way <laughs> to, hey, man, we really think that you'll, you'll enjoy this membership and get benefits from it because certainly I'm pushing you to get there in Nashville. But start with that, being a first-time member and the excitement around that, but also maybe what you've seen from the outside, even through the Twitter sphere of what's happening inside this association. Why would you take the call? Oh, well, I mean, number one, I think uh, – First, thanks for having me on here. <laughs> sure. um, yeah, I mean, no, number two, just watching. I mean, I've, I've followed you for for years and watching your interactions. Um, basically, you're all I like about baseball: the energy, <laughs> the spirit. Um, I think the ABCA is similar, and I'd been wanting to join for a long time. This just gave me an excuse. <laughs> but uh, the the group chats I've I've watched, I haven't probably mm-hmm. participated as much as 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 I'd like, but I get tagged all the time in them. <laughs> And uh, I just love what it's about. It's a big, I mean, it's a big community and uh, everybody helping one another. That's it. I was actually speaking with another coach yesterday and we were trying to break down the core of, has that always been a part of baseball? And I always like to think that it is. I think there was, it was always a piece of coaches sharing. We just brought up another platform for it to happen. Exactly. And I think that's an important thing. I think too many people think 
I hear on the outside, all coaches are only in it for themselves. I mean, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's true. Yeah. And I've had a lot of interactions with coaches, both on a, you know, opposition standpoint, but also learning from and learning with and mm-hmm. teaching, um, coach and, and, the, almost the vast majority of them are awesome folks who all want to get better and all want to help each other. And it's a That's great right. community. Um, but I think sometimes it gets a bad name because of the one or two bad coaches you see out mm-hmm. there very, very rarely. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're dead on. I think uh, a thing we talk about on this podcast quite a bit is I think most coaches will share everything but their signs with you. I mean, they'll, yeah, they'll totally, you know, they'll tell you how, how they run their first and third offense and you got to play them next week. Cause you still got to defend it. <laughs> so, That's right. You know, yep. it, it, it's a special community. And certainly for us, Rob, it's awesome to have you part of, of what we do here at this, uh, this coaching fraternity. I do want to get into your career path inside the game. And I think, you know, we all know you've got something else that keeps you busy, but you know, <laughs> you have been coaching and you've been coaching up your son and certainly being involved on the coaching end. And you can offer that perspective. Just take us through maybe your career path inside the game. Sure. Um, so I mean, I started coaching, I, I played growing up, but was, was, was terrible. And that's probably <laughs> one of the reasons why I, I want, I was so bent on getting better. Do you have video um, to so- back that up? Yeah, I probably do. I can probably draw. I mean, when I was growing up, it was probably probably drawings or animation. Um, but uh, so, you know, having a kid changes your whole perspective. And especially when you're brought in, I mean, I, I'd been mostly on the sidelines. And then some coaches had asked me to help out. And I said, you, you're good with kids. Can you help out? I'm like, mm. sure. Um, so you start helping out. You start helping everybody. And you want to make sure the biggest thing for me is making sure that I didn't teach the wrong thing. And, you know, coming from, I have a legal background and I hold myself to a pretty high standard of making sure what I say is logically right. (laughs) And I'm trying to help people rather than teach them stuff. That's just because I learned it that way or because I do it that way. Um, so it actually is kind of cool to go come at the game from a total clean slate type way versus, uh, historically, this is what was passed down to me. Mm. And I think it brings a totally different perspective. So especially when you have other kids that are being that you're entrusted with, when you're teaching you know, anywhere from starting at five and six years old to high school kids to college kids, um, when you're coaching them, you really I mean, if I don't know the answer, I will say I don't know it and I'll try to find it out mm. versus bluffing my way through it and messing them up or saying, you know, this is what you do. So I think yeah. a lot of it is 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 shaped by the fact that uh i came at it from kind of kind of that growth mindset blank slate type thing wow well you know you know you know this to be true as well one of the maybe you know, courageous you could say a, a place of strength is to be able to say the words i don't know as a coach i totally agree and i think that that's it also brings uh I mean, the, your players will respect you for it. If if you start saying uh, stuff that they, you know, they start talking and they go, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, you know, that's the quickest way to lose the team. That's right. The best way to keep a kid motivated is you, you sit there and you have their interest in mind. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you make them better so that your team can be better. And if you view it as as what's in it for them versus what's in it for you, in the end, you get taken care of. But you're doing something better for the person. Just preaching servant leadership right off the top. So I'm over here fist exactly. bumping behind the mic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I do want to come back to something because you, you you made a great point in that you didn't come into it coaching the way that you had been coached. And I think a lot of us do that, especially young coaches. And I've had 
a lot of conversations with with some young cats that are just graduating, you know, pl- finishing up their college baseball careers, and they're taking either graduate assistant opportunities or you know volunteer opportunities or first year assistant jobs. And the best advice I can give them is, hey, I know your default program is going to take you to the language and the spirit in which the coach that just got done with you a couple months ago taught. And that's okay, and it's a good place to start from, but just realize that those aren't always the tried and true answers. That's just one way to do it. That's just one way to say it. Um, How did you maybe combat some of the others that you were around when you saw those moments when they were just defaulting to what they were taught in high school? And again, it's 20 years later. How did you maybe uh, manage those relationships and those conversations? That that's a that's a, a great question, and I think some of it comes from again the the way I approach things, which is you know kind of the logical yes. progression of stuff. So I would see a coach saying, "Hey, uh, you know, put the ball in play, make sure you get it on the ground," and I'd be like, "Coach, what do you tell your pitchers to do?" It's like, <laughs> um, "Get a ground ball." So you're telling your hitters to hit a ground ball. <laughs> Like, uh, oh, yeah, you're right. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you ask somebody versus questioning them, you're mm-hmm. more, hey, let's logically work on this and see why this is inconsistent. Wow. Most people will come to that conclusion, but you have to do it in a non, just do it in a non-confrontational way. Yeah, um, do it as more of a a friend helping a friend. The coaches that co-coaches when you're coaching together, you're always in that mindset anyway, generally. But uh, right. really helping shape that way, I think. So you're you're kind of into those moments where the guy looks up off the bucket and goes, "Wow, I never thought of that." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, it happens all the time, and <laughs> and awesome. again, it's because I think I come at it from a different way versus yeah. uh, the way people traditionally come at coaching. That's it. That's that's a great uh, that's a great story that certainly accentuates that that way to navigate those conversations. I think that's always one that coaches struggle with is when you do have a disagreement, what's a better solution to get to a place where you can, you know, cohesively maybe talk through what we should be talking about. Exactly. And and the other thing is to recognize when you have a disagreement that it's the other person could be right yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and you'll see me even, I mean, going into the whole Twitter thing, but yeah. I get into arguments occasionally but i when i and i argue in real life occasionally yep. or more than occasionally <laughs> but my my way of doing it is i may get into your skin and argue with you but i listen and mm. i will learn and if i find out that the other person i get them out of their comfort zone and if somebody makes a really good argument and it's i keep it in my back of my my, my cap and i'll sit there and go Hmm, maybe they're right. So next time I'm confronted with that situation, oh, I will break it out. So you learn from it as a, these arguments instead of always insisting that you're right. Um, too many people go at it hard headed. Yeah, think. Oh, you're dead on. Well, we're we're a stubborn crew, us baseball coaches. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and 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 so is everybody online. Everybody That's has right. to be pro- they have to prove themselves right. Instead of listening to the answer. That is, uh, uh, unfortunately, that's the case. But we're going to keep working at it. We keep chopping wood at it and uh, see if we can't change it. Um, Amen. I want to get into this pitching ninja journey. And there's, I think there's so much to uncover. And certainly that's a, that's a huge piece of what's keeping you busy outside of the day job is this journey inside building this account, which right now, almost literally to the minute, has nearly 140,000 followers on Twitter. And certainly it's blowing up on Instagram. Can you just take us through how this journey started? Where did this whole thing come from? Totally. Um, so I'd mentioned that I'd, you know, I've been coaching for a number of years throughout uh, 
youth baseball, travel baseball, high school baseball, mm-hmm. um, and then also working with with college pitchers. And I know that I'm not going to coach forever, but I also know I'm in a unique position where I think I think differently than some folks. I also ask a lot of questions. I challenge people to give me answers that are not just you know road answers. I I will try to dig a little deeper than that. I also luckily through you know I, I, I've I've had some luck in a, in my business career that I, I was able to buy a lot of these uh, gimmicks and these non gimmicks. Mm-hmm. So these technology devices. I mean, I have a Rapsodo in my house. I have several wow. different uh, radar guns, several different training. De- I mean, millions of training training devices. Crazy. <laughs> I literally have a basement that has a pitching mound in it. That's a uh, regulation distance. And wow. yeah, so it, my kid never had an excuse not to practice. That's right. So I, I did all this stuff and I was like, you know, I'm in a unique position and I don't want everything that I've learned to stop when I stop coaching. I want a way to reach more people and to help people that don't have the luxuries that I've had um, and the good fortune that I've had mm. and to try to spread it to a new generation. Plus, I love the game. I mean, I love yeah. Yep. The game, I love what it does for, for kids. I love what it does for, for adults. I think it's a, a fantastic way to, you know, even just be a fan of the game is, mm-hmm. is fun. So I thought that it was a great opportunity to to share all this stuff. And I started it innocently enough, uh, you know, just by throwing out ideas, coaching-wise, what I'd learned. And luckily, I've learned from some really good folks who shared information with me, who I've challenged over the years and uh maybe they've changed some of their minds maybe they've changed my mind mm-hmm. but uh some people that are willing to to give their information just because i asked questions wow. so i mean people like like lance wheeler mm-hmm. great guy sure. kyle Bodie, yep. um alan jager yep. eric cressy i mean all these Deep guys are folks that i yeah, yeah exactly and and i feel like i'm kind of in the middle of all that um, Ben Brewster too. I don't know if you know, yeah. uh, Tred- yeah, yes, absolutely. so, uh, all these guys think constantly about it and, you know, we all come at it from a different standpoint and I'm like a, you know, I'm a, a questioning sponge. So I will listen to stuff and bounce things off people and stuff, but sure. it was, it was really in that spirit where I've learned so much from so many different people and from myself just watching mm. that I thought that it was the right thing to do to, to share information. You know, I was having a conversation with a coach a couple of days ago and we were talking about the ability and I think it's, you know, as a coach, you have to learn this is I think early on we try to create a lot of action. So we're probably calling hit and runs and counts that we shouldn't and we're trying to still create action. But yep. there, there's this place where you get to as a coach when you're willing to step back out of the bubble and just really let the game happen and just know your place and know your moments and feel what's going to happen. And you can start to kind of figure out, Hey man, just be based on what I'm seeing here. He's going to hit a shot through the right side. I can see positioning. I can see pitch count. I can see all those things. There's just a way to do that. And I think it's the same spirit in Twitter. I think if you watch someone, you listen to how they talk and you pay attention to what they post and why they post it and, and how they interact with people, I believe the spirit comes through. If you're willing to see it, the spirit comes through, right? I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that, that this is, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's basically about slowing everything down too and mm-hmm. listening versus mm-hmm. you get so caught up in your own thoughts yes. that all you want to do is listen to yourself. And you know, I understand that, but the world could be a lot better place if people would listen a little more and know that there's not one way to do everything and That's be right. and stop being so hard headed on, on stuff. That's right. Well, your spirit is evident and you can see why you share what you share and 
certainly interactions you have with fans and, and folks that really appreciate what you do. And certainly I'm in that camp as well. Um, I, I do want to get into this. How, how many speed bumps have you ran into? And I know you've got one <laughs> big one in particular, but uh, just in terms of getting it off the ground and people trying to figure out what is your real mission in doing this, what are some of those speed bumps you, you maybe encountered along the way? You know, I, the, the, the beauty of it is there was never, I mean, I let it go where it went. It was never a attempt to create an account. It okay. was really, it's just me. And it's my, my, it's basically my musings on baseball as I watch games and as I see things and as it's, it's a combination of trying to teach people without being preachy, mm. um, teach them through what, teach them through what they, what I see, mm-hmm. um, and giving, arming players and coaches with information about what players actually do versus what they think they do. Right. And if they can see it in action, a lot of people are visual learners. I think it's really useful to, to break it down. So I've never really said, cause I mean, I don't. I never monetize my account. It's not something I sit there and go, boy, I want to be pitching ninja. That's uh, my superpower. <laughs> sure. It's more, <laughs> it's, it's, it's more something that just developed over the years and, uh, is more, is way, it's totally organic because there's no plan. Yeah. yeah. And there, there just, there just isn't. So the idea of, of speed bumps, it's just, it's almost like water that it just runs into a wall and then it goes a different direction. Um, you know, kind of a river that's just going wherever the riverbed is gotcha. versus, uh, yeah. I mean, it said, the road bumps that exist probably just help shape it. But I mean, it's, it's more, uh, you know, the big one was the whole MLB stuff, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, which was a, a whole lot of fun. Thank God you got freed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all right. So there's literally a point in that where right I, went, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I, my phone was blowing up because everybody's like, what happened to your account? What up? And I'm like, Oh, oh no crap. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I just for a second said, you know what, it's going to work out well, because if I stay banned, then, uh, then I don't have all these hours of my day that I'm wasting. <laughs> um, if, 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 and my wife, you saw a way out. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I was, I, I went right back to sleep because I was like, either there are two, there are two solutions to this. One is, is, is it's going to be all be okay. And I'm going to go back to everything. And, sure. you know, and, and the other is that's not going to be okay. And I'm going to just go on with my life and do whatever. So, so awesome. it was totally fine. <laughs> um, but, but that's when I put my, my lawyer hat on said, this is probably going to work out pretty well mm-hmm. is my guess because I'm not doing, I mean, all I'm doing. And as you mentioned, that's the spirit yes. that, that comes through, I hope. Um, and it did come through to MLB and they got it. So they did what they had to do, which is, Hey, this, I'm uncomfortable with this. Let me notify, uh, Twitter and get this, uh, get a, they did a takedown notice. So then I'm getting my account suspended. And then a few days later, well, number one, I was amazed by the outpouring of, uh, of folks that wanted my account back. Yes. Um, that shocked me. That was, I was sitting there going, I know there's one or two people, but to have MLB front office guys and, you know, pitchers that are currently playing in, in the majors moaning that my account was taken down, mm-hmm. uh, and complaint, making formal complaints about it. I thought that was, that was awesome. And the amount of people that were just tweeting at MLB going, you know, Oh, this isn't as good as what pitching ninja did. This isn't, good. it was amazing. And I couldn't respond because I was, my account was suspended, <laughs> right. uh, but, but, uh, I was, well, I could get the notification still. And I seen everything that people were saying. And I was amazed that, you know, 99.9% of it was all supportive. Mm-hmm. So when MLB reached out to me and said, Hey, we love what you do too. 
Um, and we want to get you back on. And as a matter of fact, we want you to be a, a independent, uh, contractor for MLB. Yes. yes. I was like, Hey, this is, this is not what I ever thought this was going to turn into, but this is, this is awesome. And we're all doing the same thing. I'm hel- I think they got the fact that it was helping players get seen, helping, uh, players, p- players and coaches learn and fans be, you know, be a bigger part of the game. They just wanted some control over it. I right. Think. Right. Well, thank goodness they signed you on because, uh, and obviously it's really cool again, knowing the, the story when that does come up, when you're watching an MLB game and, and, just to see that happen and bring that Twitter life now to the big screen of obviously the major league baseball crowd and audience. It's really neat to see. So I got to imagine that that's one of the surreal moments I'm getting ready to ask you about when that happened. <laughs> um, but you've also had so many interactions. And again, you talk about the outpouring of support, but there's more than that. There's folks that are reaching out to you and having conversations relative to the mechanics. We just talked about one before we hit the record button. There's just all these things that have happened that have birthed from this account. Can you open up some of those surreal moments for us? Oh, sure. I mean, honestly, it happens all the time and <laughs> I've never taken any of it for granted. Um, today, for example, so Zach Gallon had his first uh, outing ever mm-hmm. um, in MLB yesterday and I tweeted him and he, he uh, quote tweets and says, make it on Pitching Ninja, check, life complete, check. And this is his first game in the major leagues, uh, <laughs> where people are, you know, where MLB pitchers are excited about being featured by me, who I know who I am, and I'm just this, you know, hey, I'm just a random dude <laughs> right. that happens to coach and and then uh, share information on on uh, on Twitter. Uh, but it's so cool to see people's lives get affected by that, or you know, and this happens all the time. Or if you have an MLB guy, several guys. Uh, dm me about their pitch grips and you know hey what do you think about this what do you think about that can you show me mm. how how like zach Grinky grips his change up um and we'll go through how they currently do it and what changes they may want to make uh what i think of what they're doing they get impressed if i if i found out if i saw something during the game sure. that uh that that they were doing or occasionally i've had pitchers give me like number one they i've had people dm me during games saying hey you, you got to get this pitch that i threw also when their teammates awesome. get caved i've had them say hey my my teammate just got made you know made look silly on this pitch can you get it up there uh and that's definitely happened sure during the game. so uh yeah so it's, it's kind of it, it's it's awesome and i never lose fact that a uh, cited the fact that it's that it's a lot of fun and that it's amazing that these that it's had that much of an impact or um, surreal being having two guys throwing 102 miles an hour in independent leagues get signed to MLB organizations because of my tweets. Yes. I mean, I never thought that was going to happen. I yep. thought it was, I mean, I'm trying to do a good thing by highlighting these folks and I'm always amazed that they fell through the cracks, but to have all that stuff happen every day, I think it's a, I mean, it's, it, I, those things are all surreal to me. <sighs> That's unbelievable. I do want to go to flat ground. I do want to get into flat ground bats and all that stuff. But before we do that, the, maybe the burning question that I have, and then maybe, I don't think this is selfishly because I think there's a lot of coaches that probably want to know, you know, maybe the ins and outs of, of how you create some of these things. And I'm always, what, what apps do you use to really cut those short videos and get those into play? Can you just detail maybe what your process has been? And when we talked, you know, there's some, there's some easy ways and there's some really tough ways. Um, and I'm certainly for, for a coach that maybe wants to watch a game, see something, clip it and get it to his players, share it within a, a group message. 
how might they do that? What, what are maybe some of the, the tricks of the trade you'd offer? So uh, one is you is have an MLB TV uh, uh, membership. Make sure you have a, okay. an account. Uh, you can do it off your TV, which is frowned upon. I mean, it just doesn't look as good. Yep. And your quality is it's great. Yep. Uh, the other is, so a simple way to create a GIF, there's a, there's a free site and that I use it on more than one occasion um, called Easy GIF. Easy GIF. Yep. And you can upload a video there, and, and it's pretty self-explanatory about how to create a GIF. Okay. Uh, there's various screen capture uh, technologies out there. There's a, a, a free version and a paid version of Screencast-O-Matic that you can use to grab uh, screen grabs, but there's other ones too. Okay. Uh, as far as more complex, I mean, overlays and stuff, I use a combination of things. Um, there's Adobe After Effects, which is pretty complicated in some ways and pretty simple in some ways, but it takes a little while to get used to. Right. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you can think of it like Photoshop for video. And then there's uh, Filmora, which is a less expensive, uh, less expensive uh, software application okay. that you can, uh, you can use to do overlays too. You just have to, the one thing, if you're going to do an overlay, just make sure that the release points line up and that they're line up in time and, uh, that your camera angles are somewhat similar because otherwise it becomes really ugly. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, so part of the tricks of the trade is knowing which, so there's other things like which stadiums have better camera angles because some of them stink, <laughs> uh, which, 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 uh, broadcasts have better replays. Because some of them don't do, you know, some of them won't do very good replays. Others do really good replays, and mm -hmm. you'll sit there and, and learn from it. Uh, but it's, I mean, for my technique, is it's watching a lot of baseball games, have pitchers that I follow, and then looking to see kind of who's done well that that day, or who's having a good uh, game, or is there somebody that I'm interested in how they do what they do? Maybe they've they've uh, had success with their slider recently, and I want to see how they release it. So I will go watch until they run a replay. Of the slider that has a good slider, and then I will uh, try to get it. Oh my goodness! Okay, it's a lot, dude. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's you got to be a little bit psychotic to do this, but <laughs> and that is all me. It's like not like I don't have a staff of people working for me because I don't make any money at it. So it's uh, yeah, it's just me. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, <laughs> you're talking about this mission and spirit behind why you do what you do. The flat ground app, the flat ground bats, like we to go into what this app is when it joined Twitter, which I think was around December, January, it was, it was in the winter. January, right? yeah, it was actually during the ABCA. Oh my, and it popped. And I remember I was standing with somebody and they go, Did you just see what Rob did? And I'm like, No, is it good? Hopefully, it's good. It's not bad, right? And uh, <laughs> He's <not kicked> yeah, <laughs> they didn't kick him off again, no. And he was like, No, this app, and where people can upload their videos, this is like a recruiting thing. It's going to help coaches and players and, and all these different. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is. I mean, for, for where things have gone from, from where, you know, coach college baseball for 11 years. And I've watched every emailed video that ever came through my inbox from doing that. to now being on social media where everyone is either as a coach and a player, you're on there at some point, probably multiple times throughout a day to have this app that's collecting that stuff, Rob, take us into the mission behind it. And certainly dude, give me the, the gory details of the feedback that's come back from these two things. Absolutely. So part of it, so you've gone through the whole pitching and just stuff and all the coaches and the players and everybody that, that, that follow pitching ninja me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and in the same way that I didn't want my 
the knowledge I had gotten uh, to kind of die with my coaching career. Mm -hmm. I also didn't want my contacts that I had and the audience that I had and the influence that that had grown through that account to be wasted on just you know MLB guys getting more publicity and coaches and players learning, which I think is really important. Mm. But it's missing the part of you know, I don't want, there's a bunch of people to follow me because they want to watch MLB guys and they want to watch cool pitches. And it's almost like mixtapes for MLB guys. Sure. But what is there for high school kids and college kids to be seen? Um, there, and there really, there wasn't anybody, there wasn't anybody in the same position that I would be in yep. where I had this unique Rolodex of folks that I could share with everybody because what good is it keep, what good is it to keep it all for myself? Right. I'd rather help people with it. So my thought was, I saw too many people through my kids' uh, travel ball career. Luckily, you know, we were fortunate enough to be able to go to all these showcases and without any road bumps and you know, mm -hmm. not missing family vacations and having to sacrifice, uh, you know, anything really meaningful for to to do this. We were, you know, financially financially well off. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of people that aren't, and yeah. and there are a lot of people that that is the barrier to their kid making it. And I saw too many people have to, you know, they have to take time off, make it back up later on in the, in the year. They have to scrap family vacations and save up for this one event, a showcase event. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, a few, th a few thousand dollars for a team, a couple thousand dollars in, you know, by travel and the showcase, sure. uh, you know, equipment and everything. It all gets really expensive for yeah. a family. And it's, and it, to me, it's, it's fundamentally unfair for baseball to be a rich kid sport in in the U.S., Preach. it isn't in any other place, and we shouldn't make we shouldn't divide into the haves and has-nots and the have-nots have and have people feel like and nobody wants their kid to suffer or fall through the cracks because they couldn't afford to have them be seen, mm -hmm. and uh, and so they make bad decisions with their money or their kid gets sick. My kid had a stomach bug during one uh, during a showcase event, and you know his velocity was down. I could afford to go to another showcase event or pay for another showcase event for him. Mm -hmm. A lot of families couldn't. And you have that happen a lot. Or a kid was nervous. Now you can get your best bullpen up there with, uh, with flat ground uh, or your best, you know, your best games and as, a, as a position player and highlight what you do. And coaches, there are areas where they just – there's, there are programs that are haves that can go pretty much anywhere and recruit. Mm -hmm. And there's have-nots where they have low recruiting budgets. Now you can you don't have an excuse. Just like your your, your players don't have an excuse. You say, hey, there's no excuses. Get better every day. Mm -hmm. You got to work. There's no excuse for lack of hustle. Well, there's no excuse for lack of hustle for coaches either now. That's there's right. no excuses for college coaches to not be able to sit through and scroll through an hour's worth of, of, of video a day to try to find a player. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a, a budget issue anymore. So there, I've helped players from the Netherlands uh, get into oh, a wow. U.S. school. You would never have a recruiting budget to go to Netherlands, right? <laughs> For I mean, sure. No school does. Yeah, so so this kid posted early on and, and had like 20-something colleges contact him, mm -hmm. and he never would have been seen, never would have had an opportunity to play in the U.S. So. Wow. Um, there, there's big inefficiencies in the way the system currently is, both financially and geographically, uh, for kids, for coaches, for parents. And my, my goal is to break all that stuff down. Not that perfect. I mean, I think showcase events, perfect game, uh, PBR, they all do 
good things for kids. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're, I don't think that, that I don't consider that predatory. Um, but I consider it's a situation that has arisen where there are kids that maybe sh- either they can't afford it or they shouldn't be showcased. Yeah. Maybe they, yeah. I don't want anybody sitting at home to go, but I would have been, you know, I would have been a, a play, it'll play in college if somebody would have seen me, but I played in, you know, I, I grew up in Nebraska and nobody came out to see me. Um, I don't, there's no excuses. There's no excuses for kids to be seen. There's no excuses not to put up a good video and there's no excuses for colleges not to find them. I'd want to get rid of excuses, um, for folks. Wow. Well, uh, on behalf of coaches, at least the ones interact inside our association, thank you. And it is a, a no brainer follow in that you can, as you mentioned, sit for an hour and scroll through video upon video and the love the players are adding in their, their, their information, their ACT scores or GPAs, all that stuff that lays out perfectly for a coach. It's a hundred percent effective. Well, the other thing that I think is important is, uh, for, for high school coaches. I mean, I I know a lot of high school coaches, me being, you know, I'm I'm a volunteer high school pitching coach, Mm -hmm. but you see a lot of folks going, uh, you know, the travel teams are taking over everything. All the kids care about is, is travel. They don't care about high school. They don't, well, part of the reason is they've, they've kind of abdicated their role in high schools have abdicated their role to travel programs to get their kids placed and get them attention. Right. And because a lot of coaches don't have that, I mean, some coaches have connections with local schools, Mm -hmm. but they don't have connections throughout the country that a lot of travel programs do. Now they can have those connections because all you got to do is put a kid up there from your high school program and coaches throughout college coaches throughout the country will look at you as well as pro uh, organizations. I've had, I think seven pitchers get picked up by the brewers just by one friend, by, by one organization (laughs) from, uh, from flat ground. So pros are looking at it. Uh, colleges looking at it as well as recruiting lists where they sit there. And I mean, there's, there, there are certain recruiting organizations or, or a scout list, scouting list that will mm-hmm. look at it and say, Hey, I never saw that, that D three player. He was never on my list. And now he's on my list because wow. he was throwing 94 and he just wasn't throwing that hard when he was, you know, in, in high school. And I can't, I don't have the budget to go scout every D three program. That's right. So yeah, I mean, again, the, the the role of it is the internet is beautiful about breaking down barriers, and and uh, and there shouldn't be any, and and that's what I saw the problem being, and where I see the solution coming is uh, is through that, and I think I'm I think I'm in a unique position to do it only because of the the following that I had, and I, sure. I feel like it's an obligation that comes with that. Wow, that's well, again, another salute. I think when you when you mentioned the Brewers, I think all of our friends of the podcast went. Uh, that's Jake McKinley in there getting to work, but uh, um, <laughs> I think it's I think it's awesome. And again, I think for anyone that isn't following those accounts, go check them out and dive right in right away. I do want to get to this segment because I know your son, you know, is a right-handed pitcher at, at Georgia Tech, and um, just finished up his freshman season and, and medically redshirted, but. Give me the takeaways. I think when you sit down and you talk with him about day-to-day practice, and he's got ACC caliber, some of the best of the best around him on a daily basis, playing for a Hall of Famer in, in, in Coach Danny Hall. When he's got that environment, what are his takeaways? How much different has the college game really changed his perspective than the high school game? You know, I think he – I mean, if anything, he came away liking baseball more because wow. it's part of you. It's it's part of your identity. You're mm-hmm. doing it every day. You're around people. Those are your friends. Uh, in high school, it was probably even, it's probably less so, uh, mm-hmm. because there's some kids on a high school team where they're, they're 
yeah, they're just playing because their parents made them play yeah. or they want it. It's just something to get on their resume for yeah. college or something. Uh, these guys are living and breathing it. They're all, they're, they're good kids. They're all want They all work hard. Uh, coaching staff is, is, been fantastic they're kids that uh i mean it's 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 a different perspective living and breathing it and watching the level of play obviously mm-hmm. which is you know which is much different from from high school but in the end uh you know we knew a bunch of players from playing against them mm-hmm. over the years i'm playing with them uh, in travel ball and it's cool to have them around you 24 7 as opposed to just seeing them for a couple hours a day sure that's really cool um okay this is a follow-up who are you who were you now who are you as a baseball parent who is that rob in the, out <laughs> in the stands uh you know i i think i originally probably started it as as just like every other parent i mean i was it, originally uh when back in the the, the kid days uh, just started out as a baseball parent watching games and trying to help every trying to help kids. The big thing is, as I'm never just focused on my own kid. So that's, I think, what got me more involved with uh, with coaching. In the end, I'm a teacher. I mean, I even mm-hmm. taught law school for a couple of years. It's it's uh, it's it's I like to I like when light bulbs come on. Mm-hmm. So as a fan, um, I've always watched other players, too, and rooted for them to me that you know well, some of the best moments are in rec ball where a kid never made a play and now he made a play uh, to save the game and you know that i remember more than anything my kid did so i'm not one of those guys that that just focus on their own kid and i think that's an important thing for parents to understand because mm-hmm. if you just focus on your own kid uh the whole experience high school ball uh travel ball everything can get real i mean it, it just gets claustrophobic and 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 you there's too much in, too much into it. You have to appreciate the parents, appreciate the coaches, understand the coach's point of view, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, I do that in, in, in college ball too. I'm like, just wondering what, what decisions I would make and saying, you know, there's a bunch of different things or collegiate <laughs> summer ball watching, you know, they may have to get this kid some innings. This kid may have said he doesn't need these innings. It's not all about winning a game. Sometimes it's about developing players, sometimes about getting confidence. You don't know the individual situation if you're, especially if you're only focused on your kid. Mm-hmm. If you try to put yourself in everybody else's shoes, I think it helps you enjoy the game more. It helps you, uh, it makes it more of a, a time period of your life versus something that you're, you know, you're obsessed with your own kid's success. Uh, so I think wow. that that's probably a, an important way of looking at it. Um, the other thing is, from a, as a baseball parent, the thing that I thought is the most useful and probably uh, my kid looking back on it would say is the most useful is kids have a different perspective than adults. What you have as an adult or a coach sure. or whatever is a long-term, a lot of life lessons, a lot of experiences. You know kind of how hard it is to get to an end result. A kid doesn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. So a kid has to, a kid is bit into what do I want to do right now? I want to mm-hmm. play video games. I want to go out. I don't want to practice because practice means a payoff later on. It doesn't mean a practice. It doesn't mean a payoff now, especially if it, no, none of my friends are there. Sure. Uh, so why do you work behind the scenes to get better? But the kid doesn't understand that. So what you bring as a parent or a coach um, or even an employer uh, manager, somebody is a longer term perspective that I think you need to, so do it without being preachy and overbearing, but say, hey, with my kid, it was always schoolwork first. You get your homework done, get your studying done. Next thing is you practice, you practice your sport, whatever sports in season you're going to practice. Because 
it, it stinks if your kid's the worst player on a team too. You want them to get better. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, overall, yeah. but you also want to, you want to instill that work ethic every day, get a little bit better. Give me 1% better a yeah. day. Um, and it'll pay off in the end. The kid doesn't understand that kid doesn't say, Oh, I'm doing it cause I'm going to get 1% better. Yes, dad. And then the, the kid just, you know, you just have to set it up as a system. And then later on, it's got to be, I mean, you know, the, the kid's got to be the driver because you can't, I mean, it, it's not about you. The kid mm-hmm. can quit the sport. Mm-hmm. Quit can, can, I mean, no one's saying you have to be a baseball player. You have to be a basketball player. It's whatever you, you do, but it's a process that the kid learns that you're as, as a parent, I think that's, that it's important to instill the process of getting better every day, oh, which is what I take to my Twitter account, to my coaching. That's one reason why I tweet every day is because my goal is to get better at something every day. I'll learn some, I'll do something a different way. Uh, I want to help everybody else get better without preaching to them and as well as myself, because if I don't do it myself, if as a coach, I don't get better every day, then I'm not living up to what I'm telling other people to do. Boy, preach, say it louder for the people (laughs) in the back. Um, you know, you mentioned something before we hit record and we were talking about, uh, some conversations about navigating the coach parent relationship. And um, I definitely want you to speak to that in terms of how you've seen it from both sides. Certainly there's, there's times where you may want to cross that line and go have a conversation with a coach. Maybe not now that he's at Georgia tech, but you certainly did in the past, but <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you have, that. you have, you have those conversations when you were a coach where parents would want to come talk about different things and, and certainly trying to guide that responsibility back to the player. But how would you navigate both sides of that fence? Well, I, th- I think one of the big things that we have a, a, a problem with parents, and it's not even a problem. I think it's it's they almost care too much. They want their kids never to have a road bump. Sure. They want everything. You know, they, nobody wants their kid to suffer. Nobody. Yeah. Everybody wants to help their kids. But if you help your kid too much to navigate a situation, or you constantly speak for them, or make excuses for them, or 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 you know, to talking to a coach to ask them to play your kid. Mm-hmm. You're hurting your kid more than you're helping him, even though you don't realize it. It feels like you're helping him, but you're not. To me, it's about developing skills within your your kid. Um, number one, they have to feel like they earn it. Yeah. Number two, uh, to explain to them, to have them. You know, I'm not saying every coach is fair. There's definitely coaches that, especially if you have a kid on your team, they they may play their kid more more often. That certainly would happen. But most coaches don't want to lose games. Most mm-hmm. coaches are playing the players that 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 they feel are the best. They may not have seen your kid play at his best. You, this is the other perspective parents bring is they see everything their kid does. They know their kid has made that play in the past mm-hmm. or can hit a home run or can throw whatever. The coach is seeing it in limited situations. But the parent doesn't understand the co- that every kid has that. Every single kid has a great, you know, has this upside that that only their parents know. The coach has to make a judgment based on what they see on the field and what they see in practice and what spirit, what what they want to encourage in players. Uh, so, to me, the best way to handle it and is is if you see a situation, have your teacher get arm your kid with tools it's going to help them throughout life it's going to help them when they have to ask for a raise it's going to help them in 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 everything they do to be able to say hey what can i do to earn more playing time what can i do to get better uh it'll give them then a sense of earning something which i think that's an important thing throughout life to have i mean to feel like you earn something then you were given it um, but too many parents want to get, and it's all comes from the right place. I mean, it comes from trying to help. 
but in the end, I think it's one of the, it's one of the the worst things that we can do is helping your kid through every situation and feeling like they've never earned anything. That is fantastic. Well, I I do want to ask you this while I got you. We're talking about youth baseball uh, earlier. And I think from your perspective, and certainly it it seems like a pretty well-rounded, you've been in the trenches as a coach. You've certainly seen it from a professional end. And then now your interactions with what you're doing with, with the different accounts. What are some creative ways, Rob, that you would offer that maybe we should look at implementing or at least accentuating when we are coaching youth baseball to maybe keep those young players interested. And I'll say this on air, God forbid they go play soccer. So how do we keep them? (laughs) How do we keep them inside of our sport? What are some ways you would fix that? (laughs) So part of it is, is actually, that is part of my mission is, is, is I try to make, I try to teach through making the game enjoyable. So Mm -hmm. it's part highlighting a you know a ridiculous thing that a pitcher a major league guy has done or even a high school kid has done um but try to do it in a way that so i'm trying to teach while also keeping it in enjoyable and kind of you know kind of like watching a, a dunk contest everybody wants to watch your home run derby people <laughs> want to watch it. it's bite-sized sure so if you can keep things bite-sized um i think especially nowadays and especially i know my attention span is is very short uh, but if you can keep things through, I mean, obviously competition's important, competition in practice, mm-hmm. uh, competition in, 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 in video games isn't bad. I know we preach against that. There's a point, there's a time for all that. And there, there's nothing wrong with, with, with learning. I was just talking to a, a friend of mine whose kid plays, you know, the show and I like, and he, and he said, yeah. And, and when he's playing, when he's out there playing games, he's, he's doing some of the things that he learned and the game slows down for him. I'm like, yeah, if you take it like that. Uh, if you learn from everything and you and you and you don't demonize uh, a video game and right. you say, well, what did you learn from it? Um, I think as coaches, we can probably understand that, too, that that some of that is, number one, a competitive thing. So kids want to compete and they're competing at video games as well. There's some hand eye coordination, but there's also some strategy involved um, and learning players and learning who to follow and helping to enjoy the game. I think we demonize that a little bit much. That being said. You know, there's, there's the other, uh, so the other thing I think is, uh, the way to make it enjoyable is we get so hung up in fundamental fundamentals that may not even be true fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like as far as pitching mechanics, you know, you, you have to do, you have to hit a balance point. You have to move like this. You're not moving exactly like this guy. And, and, you know, t- it, it's, there's an athleticism to it. Mm-hmm. I think we boil the athleticism out of the sport too many times, which turns off some of the better athletes who just want to play sports where they can be athletic. We treat it like there's these rules that you have to do this. You have to field a ground ball this way. You can never. Well, what about the guy that just made this ridiculous diving backhand play? <laughs> Are we practicing that? that ever? <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't ever do that. But we, yet we brag about it and we're like, oh my God, that guy's a freak. Well, maybe he's, you know, maybe people are, we used to play, you know, sandlot ball or play in someone's backyard or play wiffle ball, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's just encouraging mm-hmm. the inventiveness and the athleticism in the sport versus boiling it out and teaching it more as a fundamental thing. I think it makes it more boring for kids fundamentals especially if you're now we're going to do 100 balls at third base and we're going to there's a there's a place for that but there's also a place for make it enjoyable and inventive and exciting and athletic Um, because in the end the better athletes are the ones who uh, who move ahead and if we drive them out of the sport or we boil it out of people i think we're doing everybody a disservice 
Well, I think we should get an apartment together. That's what I think. Um, <laughs> I, I, this you you're just preaching, man, and I and I just love it. I just love where your where your perspective is coming from, and certainly the spirit in which it is behind it. Thank you for sharing that stuff, dude. Right, that is that is some some really good certified audio gold moments inside there that uh, we'll hold on to. I do want to go into this the back segment of our show because I think there is a lot to learn. Maybe more of the 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 intricacies of how you're engineered and the way that you think and see things. Um, and I want to get to some of that. And one I always start with is, can you point to something recently? And certainly the interactions you have may, may be one of those. Something that really challenged you, some maybe coaching point or, or fundamental point where you went, wow, I've always considered it to be this. But now that you say that, it, it may be this. Do you have something that's really challenged you to the core like that? I say that happens kind of all the time. And, <laughs> okay. uh, and I mean, like, and, and it's kind of, it, I think it's the beauty of it and I enjoy it. I mean, I, I sure. think there's some people that, that, that this is where I guess I was getting to where there are coaches that will shut off that and they'll say, no, I know this to be true. And what you're saying is mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I may argue it and say, I don't think you're right. But if I find out that somebody is right, I, I think I got there with, uh, the inverted W back in the day where I was arguing with, uh, with Paul Nyman on, on, uh, on that. And I was like, you know what, you, you may be right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and actually with Lance Wheeler on it too. Yep. That's how Lance and I got to be friends is I was, I questioned him wow. and I was like, you know what, I think the way I see it, there's more pitchers that are doing this than are not doing it. And they're successful. Why are all the Cy Young award winners throwing this way when we're saying that it's not the right way to do it? And, uh, so I, I, learn stuff. Uh, so I, I didn't just throw my, I say, Oh, you're wrong. Yeah. I said, well, why is this guy? Why is he Teach saying me. that? Let me go see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. That's really what it comes down to. And, and, and that happens all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think with a lot of driveline stuff that they put out there, I don't accept any of it right out of hand. And they would, they would hate me if I did, if I just said, Oh, yeah. they're right. I'm not even going to think about it. Sure. I mean, I will sit there and test it. I got an argument with, uh, with Ben Brewster over some pitching mechanics and we were texting back and forth and we just, what it ended up being, it was our terminology was different, Yeah. but I knew he was a yeah. smart guy. And, uh, and, and he said, well, I would, you know, we were both seeing the same thing, but we we're talking about it differently. Yeah. And if you yell at each other and you don't ever listen, you don't realize that you, hmm. there's common ground. I'm not saying everything is common ground, but I'm saying there's a lot of things that are. And most, especially if there's a smart person that's disagreeing with you, it may be they're right. Right. Or maybe that they have some shade of being right. And you may want to revisit what you think. (laughs) So uh, I think that happens literally all the time. And I think it's one of the reasons why my account keeps growing is because I keep putting up different things as I learn it. You see, when you're seeing stuff, a lot of times it's just looking at how my mind thinks and, and what I've learned that day. You know, that's so funny. I got two things. One is, um, you know, I, I try to do that at least with my account. Not Sometimes I'll, I'll tweet some things and a coach will DM me and he goes, where'd that come from? And I go, that's just what was on my brain this morning at the gym. Like, this is just where I, yep. these were, this was a thought I've been kicking around for a couple of weeks. And I finally was able to boil it down into something that made sense. So it's like almost yep. that inner, um, that inner monologue that's happening. I'm just trying to get it out there to maybe challenge someone. But I was talking with out in Omaha, Rob, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I was out in Omaha, obviously with the college world series and our annual board meetings are out there. And, and it was on my last day. I'm getting ready to head to the airport. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Omaha, Nebraska, right across the river is Council Bluffs, Iowa. And you're talking about one of the best junior college programs in the country at Iowa Western. And Mark Reardon and Tyler Herbst are great friends of the association. And certainly they invited me over to come just take a look at their stuff. They have fantastic facilities. And I'm getting ready to leave. And I'm like up against the clock, like, hey, I need to get out of here. But I start talking to Tyler about hitting. 
And I just went, oh my gosh, there's something to learn here. And and he kept going and he kept going. Here's how we do this. Here's how we challenge our guys. Here's some new drills that we've done. We do this drill because I think it gets this out of guys. And we kept going, kept going. And I'm looking at the clock going, man, I'm going to miss my flight. And we just kept going. And he goes, Sheets, you don't even coach anymore. Why are you asking me all these questions? I go, well, man, there's there's a place where through the podcast, more often than not, I've, I've found this genuine curiosity in these things. I may never coach again, but dude, I just want to know as much as you know. You know, so it's like right. that when you get a Lance, when you get a Kyle Bodie or an Alan Jager, you know, on the call, it's like, man, I want to pull as much. I want to get to a place where I'm starting to see it through your eyes because you obviously land at a place of confidence in the way that you talk about the way that the things, you know, that's where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I'm actually one of the greatest things I learned from Alan Jager was the whole mental game. Aspect. I mean, everybody talks mm-hmm. about slowing the game down and one pitch at a time. No one ever really explains. They act like that's so easy to do. <laughs> and Alan actually gives you tools to do it, which yes. was, it's mind blowing the way yes. he does it. And I think that more people should, should listen to what that guy has to say. Cause he's got, I mean, uh, although the first time he had me meditating, he tried, I, I tried to do it. I fell asleep. I probably <laughs> fell asleep about 10 times. I was doing it because you, you don't realize how tired you are. Yes. You just like shut your mind down. Yes. <laughs> uh, but he's amazing at the way he teaches that. And I think too many, too many people think it's easy. They don't understand that the mental game is a huge part of the, of, of, of the sport. And, uh, and what he brings to it is, is fantastic. You know, I was talking with a mental game coach yesterday on the call and he, and he mentioned that he said, you know, the thing about that's different than Alan from most is he gives you actionable items. It's not, Hey, just say these things to yourself. It's like, no, this is how you actually work on it daily. This is how you bring it to your practice. Right. Those are huge differences. I never thought about. So that was one of the big eye opening things was when he said, you, you, you know, you practice all this stuff. You guys practice, you, you long toss, you, mm-hmm. you practice throwing, you do whatever. Uh, how often do you practice a mental game? Yeah. Like, mm. I mean, <laughs> when you have a problem, right? Sure. That's what everybody does. Sure. But instead, if you practice it every day, it becomes you. Yeah. It's not a thing you do. It is you. Mm. And, uh, and I thought that was a, uh, I mean, a very eye opening question when he asked it. And it made a hundred percent sense to me. And I don't understand why every school doesn't have a mental game. Uh, I mean, obviously some can't afford a mental game person, a, a, mm-hmm. a sports psychologist, something like that, because everybody goes through this, but there are very few people that do it as well as, as Alan. Not nobody that I've met that does it as well as Alan. Actually, oh. I think he, the actionable stuff is amazing. If you can't afford a coach, that means one of your assistants got to step up and you don't have that's to be right. a sports psychologist yeah. to do it. Um, that's right. For, for those paying attention, you probably have some first time callers for this one. Guys, go check out episode 133 with Alan. We go through a, an entire a layout of what it looks like, the actionables inside it. We also take questions from our audience. And then we followed all that up with a two-hour Periscope interview as well with more questions. So all that is on our Twitter account. Um, Rob, go into this, man. More specifically to you, how are you engineered as a learner? Are you more of a are you a reader? Are you a podcaster? Are you an audiobook? Are you a conversationalist? What are the ways that you think you, you really draw on your best information? Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta start adding that to my questions. Is yeah, it Twitter? On, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but but a lot of it is watched. So I I, I am more uh, I'm very self-directed. When I have a question, I will look it up. When I have, I, I ask a lot of questions in my own head yep. and a lot, and I think a lot when I'm watching something. So it's hmm. very self-directed. Although I do listen to podcasts, I do uh, read a good bit, but most of it is, uh, when I, you know, it's, it's a, as a self-directed thing because my brain works that way. I'm yeah. th- I very short 
outburst, uh, almost ADD ish type thinker. (laughs) And, uh, it's, it's, it's helped me in some ways because I can, I can harness it. It's definitely the way Twitter works, which is useful. Uh, it's not great when you're, uh, when you're faced with a long thing and you're constantly thinking of different things and you're, it's, it's, it's tougher to do that. But, uh, so (laughs) it's really all of the above, but I, I do it in short bursts. Okay. Well, I'm probably liking the same thing. That's why my wife says, are you even listening to me? I'm like, no, I'm trying to solve right. this problem that I, I thought of earlier. <laughs> I'm trying to literally all the time. That happens to me. <laughs> it's good to know you're on the same team. Um, <laughs> yeah. So of, of hundred percent <laughs> of all the people you've been around in baseball. And that is, uh, you know, that's coaches, that's players, that's, that's anyone inside of our community. What quality do you think rise to the top? Like in terms of the best folks you've been around, are they hardworking? Are they loyal? Do they simplify things? What are those qualities that you think arise out of the best folks? I, I, I think the ability to understand what somebody, what drives somebody else mm. is important mm. versus the ability to drive what drives you, oh. uh, which I, I, I think understanding how to motivate people and that there's a different way for everybody and different ways to teach everybody and everybody learns differently. Yeah. Uh, everybody has different problems versus saying my way or the highway. Those are the people mm. that, that do well, as well as the people that question, um, versus, you know, somebody that's constantly learning versus somebody that says, no, we're going to do it this way. And everyone's going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to learn how to swing this way. You're going to learn how to pitch this way. Uh, versus taking what's unique about somebody, um, having them really buy in because that is unique about them. Nobody else is like this person, and we're going to build something around that unique point of that person, uh, regardless of what it is. So being uncomfortable as a coach, that you may not do it that way, but that person can do it that way. Uh, and you have to have a lot in your toolbox, I guess, to be able to do that and comfort in who you are. That's a fact. Okay, now these are kind of short hitters, but I definitely want some explanation how you arrived at it. What's one thing you need to work on? Um, personally, probably being present is a useful thing because hmm. uh, my mind is is kind of all over the place, and occasionally I will be thinking about five other things while I'm talking to somebody, <laughs> uh, which is not a, it can be helpful and hurt. I mean, you have to know how to use it. Yes, but there's more than one time where somebody say, "Yeah, you listen to me," and most of the time I've heard a little bit, but probably not the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that definitely can be helpful. So would you say you're very self-aware? Uh, uh, I, I would say that, that that is something that I, more than most people, I will go back and wonder why I handled something a certain way and yes. say, could I handle it differently? Uh, what could I learn from that situation? Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of, I mean, I, it's just kind of what I do. I mean, mm-hmm. it can be not great. It's, you know, being self-aware can watch there's a lot of times where i'll be in a conversation i won't speak up because i don't want to say something stupid sure uh sure. W- but because i'm self-aware i mean mm-hmm. i'm like you know mm-hmm. i don't want to do that i want but uh and but later on i'll come back and ask that question one-on-one or or uh or separately because i want to learn That's so right. it's a it's a comp it's a tension between that oh okay so um from the way that you see things the key to success is what I think uh, it, it's it's understanding everybody's motivation and and uniqueness, and that not everybody is the same, and not everybody views things your way, mm. uh, and how to get through to them, and having a lot of different ways to do it. 
So it's it, if that's way as a way as a coach, it's also the way if you're selling something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the way in life. It's the way you know of, of having a successful relationship. Is it's not all about you. It's not even getting what you. It, it, it's it's understanding what you want, but understanding what the other person wants and how you mutually can get there if you help that person get what he or she wants. Yeah. Um, if you're selling something, you're not selling it. If you're if you're looking at Hey, I need this person to buy for me because I need to make more money. That's it, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. If you're saying, "Hey, this guy has this problem, this company has this problem, this person has this problem. I could fix it. I'm going to explain why that why I can fix it and 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 you know that I understand their problem. This is a good way that that they should look at fixing it and we work at it together." In the end, you're sell. I mean, coaching, selling, everything is sell- teaching is selling. You're sure. selling something sure. to somebody. You need buy-in, and the only way to do that is if you understand the person and understand their motivation versus being closed off. And you have to be emotionally aware. You have to be present for them. You have to. Uh, it, it's 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 being invested in that person. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you get everything out of it. Oh boy. That's, that's really good. Um, answer this one for me in the end, when our careers are over, it's all about, I mean, to me, to me, it's about relationships and it's mm-hmm. about, uh, a, a, it's about the legacy you build. You want people to look back at mm-hmm. you and, and Hey, this person had an impact, a positive impact on my life or a positive impact on the sport, um, or whatever it is that you're interested in doing. Um, to me, that's what it's, that's what everything's all about is, 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 you know, finding a way to, to find something you're passionate about that you think you can have an impact on other people's lives and and help everything grow. So good. Um, okay. Big question here. When we always ask best advice you've been given. So what's maybe that inner, uh, quote that just rings between your ears at all times. And then what other advice do you have for anyone paying attention to this from players to coaches? What other advice would you offer Rob? So, so the biggest advice I had, and this was, in, I think, in college, was just when I first started, somebody said, stop and smell the roses, which hmm. to me meant, you know, you get caught up in your everyday stuff. You want to win. You want to do all this stuff. But slow things down and uh, and just stop and enjoy the moment. Enjoy uh, the, the weather outside. Enjoy smelling the, the uh, a baseball field. Enjoy being out hmm. there. Enjoy watching a kid make a great play. Enjoy just you know, being in a position where you can impact people's lives and just slow it down instead of being so caught up in, in where you have to be getting frustrated in traffic, getting, you know, all this stuff, just, just slow it down mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and enjoy everything and enjoy the little things and take, take negative stuff and try to make it positive. Yeah. Um, and this is some, this is a more advice I would have is you can view an injury. You can view a setback. You can view a loss as negative and, and yeah, and, and, and just be brought down by it. Say, Oh, what was me? Why this happened to me? Or you can say it happened to me for a reason. And my reason is I'm going to get better. I mean, I told my kid this when he was, when he got hurt this year, mm-hmm. like, yeah, Hey, we can all whine about it and say, boy, we really wish you were playing this year. And, you know, are you, and, or you can take that time and say, I'm going to watch what everybody does on the field and learn from it. I'm going to learn how we do things at, at Georgia tech or wherever school you're at, I'm going to get in the weight room and work twice as hard, um, work on the stuff I can work on. And you take any negative and if you spin it and it doesn't even take much spinning, it's the truth. You That's make right. it into a positive and, uh, and then you're better. You've, you've now 
it, nobody wants it, somebody to feel sorry for themselves. It's, it's just a, it's a, it's a loser mentality. Uh, uh, to me, a winner mentality is taking everything you have and trying to figure out what's positive about it. Why is this a good situation for me and how I can make myself better? Oh boy. I got heard this as a young coach. Excuses are the language of losers. And it's if, totally right. <laughs> if you can, if you, and it's a skill, I think it is, you know, certainly if you're born as a, a more, uh, what they call like a glass full person or certainly half full, you, you, you see things differently and you're able to spin them a lot quicker than others. So some, for some of us, it is a skill you have to work at, but usually it starts at the core with just what happened and do you make an excuse for it or do you accept it and find a way to use it to your advantage? It's really boiling it down that simple. That's right. And, and, and there's, there's a difference between excuses and reasons. You can, you can look at the reason something happened mm-hmm. and then learn. And as a matter of fact, I think you should look at the reason something mm-hmm. happened. That doesn't mean it's a, you know, don't make an excuse. Well, Hey, the, the ball bounce say, Hey, I didn't charge the ball. That's the reason this happened. I yeah. need to change that next time. If you say it took a bad hop, then what does it, what do you learn from that? Yeah. You don't learn anything. You learn it may take a bad hop next time. If you have more control over it and you learn the reason why this happened, then and it's what I teach my my players too. I don't talk at them. We come up with solutions. I want buy-in when we're when I'm developing a drill and it may be an individualized drill for somebody. I say, well, what does this feel like to you? How would you do this drill? And if they do it, I'm saying, all right, well, now we have your drill, and that's what we're going to do. Now mm-hmm. they bought into it and and they own it, versus me telling them, hey, we're going to do you know 15 pivot pickoffs this way. It's useful. There's there's a role for that, but I also want little spins on it to make it unique for that player so that we're all buying in. It helps me categorize it. I can say, Hey, Mm -hmm. this is Jake's drill. Uh, and we're going to do it that way, but it helps the player take pride in it and maybe helps them practice a little more. So if you can, if you can create this ownership thing, I think it's really, it's really important by that. You have to understand each player and look and, and, and look at all and slow that slow everything down. That's so great. Um, let people know where they can reach you. So if they want to reach out to you, give me all the handles or emails or whatever you have that people can connect with you. What are, <laughs> what are those? Sure. Uh, my, my main Twitter page is at pitching ninja. Uh, flat ground is two. So for pitchers, it's at flat ground app, mm-hmm. one word. Uh, for hitters, position players, it's at flat ground bats. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, it's uh, at pitching engine at flat ground. And my own personal email, if anybody has questions, is rob at flatground.org. There it is. Um, certainly they do. And Rob, on behalf of obviously here at the association as a brand new member, uh, but also just, just the <laughs> community right. at large, man, 11,000 members around the world. And certainly our, our community stretches much further 11, than that. 11,001 now. Sheet. And it's one. We are there. And that is exactly what my mission today was to sign up one person for the ABCA. And <laughs> you, you have go. been in. Um, man, it's so awesome to connect and literally let you break down this story and let a lot of folks get on the inner circle of how you're bringing this all together, but certainly how you're engineered and maybe the true mission behind what you do. Rob, thanks so much for jumping on with us, my friend. We wish you obviously the best of luck moving forward with anything that you do and let us know how we can help and certainly serve you as a member. And thanks for jumping on the call, my friend. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Coaches, thanks again for checking out our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast and another one of our Dugout Chatter episodes. Here at the American Baseball Coaches Association, our mission is to serve coaches around the world. So please let us know how we can help you out. Head over to our website, abca.org. 
If you're looking for more information about our baseball coaching fraternity, you could also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find us at ABCA1945. If you want to reach out to me directly, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that on Twitter and Instagram at CoachSheets3 or shoot me an email at Sheets, S-H-E-E-T-S, at ABCA.org. We would love to hear from our loyal members. We'd even love to hear from some new ones as we continue to find new ways to work together at growing the game of baseball. Huge thanks to the sponsor of these Dugout Chatter episodes, our longtime partners over at Rawlings. So if you want more information about what they're doing for baseball and this association, head over to their website, Rawlings.com. That's Rawlings, R-A-W-L-I-N-G-S.com. And thanks again for your support of this podcast. As always, thanks for listening in and staying dialed into our Calls from the Clubhouse podcast. Until next week, we ask you to keep growing, you keep developing, you keep challenging yourself inside this game. We wish you and your club the very best, and thank you for what you're doing for the game of baseball.